Welcome to FHSU Tilt Talk, a podcast about educational technologies, teaching and learning, scholarly research, and service, hosted by Teaching Innovation and Learning Technology staff. I'm Zhongri Yao, an insight designer at the Department of Teaching Innovation and Learning Technologies, also called TILT. And today, Brooke Mann will join me this in this uh, instruction design conversations. And uh, let's welcome Brooke. Could you tell me uh, tell a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, thank you for having me and asking me to do this with you. Um, I'm Brooke Mann from the Department of Psychology. I'm an instructor and the uh, director of our clinical psychology graduate program. And so I'm also wondering about your course. So what have you like? Have you developed what courses have you developed and taught? Yeah. Um. So on campus, I've taught a range of undergraduate and graduate courses. I guess I'm online as well. I've taught undergraduate and graduate courses, ranging from general psychology all the way to some really specific. Um, skill building classes in our clinical psychology program, like appraisal of of children and adults, um, practicums. So with TILT, I've worked with the TILT team to develop PSY 877 seminar in community mental health, and then PSY 890 practicum one and practicum two. That sounds a lot. That's great. So then I would like to see uh, how is your general In general, my experience has been really great. The the TILT team has been wonderful to work with. Um, They've been flexible in scheduling and expectations and guidelines. Uh, In our fields, I feel like we're very much trained to be experts in our field and not always great about being trained to be good educators of our field. So um, having the experience of TILT knowing what learning technologies are available, the best practices for engagement and learning with students has been really helpful and I and has made my courses much better because of their expertise in learning and technology. Thank you. That's great. So then I'm wondering, like, uh, before you uh, work with, start working with the TILT, so what was your initial course design plan and uh, what have changed during the process? Yeah, that's a great question. So for practic- the practicum courses that I worked with TILT to develop, I feel like we had a good idea of what we had done on campus. We had good um, learning objectives for the course already developed. Um, so it was really learning about how can we um, get the concepts and the skills to our students in an online format, which is much more challenging when we're talking about things like therapy and um treatment of psychological disorders in the online realm. So my original plan for that course was to kind of be a little bit flexible in yeah. what we can offer students and how we how we get these skills and content to them, but really just be open to hearing the best practices for teaching that course. And and Ray, you and the team have been really great in, in giving um, some new ideas. So I think with that With the practicum courses, we really didn't deviate from the original course design too much. Both of the courses are like a traditional module format where there's maybe 10 to 12 modules um, and different topics are covered throughout each module. 
with the seminar class, I think that posed a, a lot more challenges because yeah. we really were starting from scratch. There weren't well-developed learning objectives. What we do on campus just is not yeah. applicable to an um, asynchronous online course. So yeah. really, we had to be really creative in what we were doing. Yeah, I yeah. think some of the ideas that we had for that class really yeah. changed and developed through um, our work together. So I initially we had talked about like a semester long project where yeah, yeah. students mm. picked one area that they were an expert in and then shared different pieces of that area throughout the semester. Yeah, yeah. That really proved to be a challenge because there's yeah. not good materials um, yeah, yeah. for students to pull from or for us to share with students on, on that. Um, so that course really changed quite a bit as we were developing it. Yeah, then I'm just thinking, uh, as I can tell, you mentioned about like it's very difficult from, you know, kind of uh, developing the online session for those course, they are always taught on campus. So now I, I would like to know, like, um, can you explain your kind of principle for designing online course at the beginning? I think I'm a, I'm sometimes a rigid and very yeah. structured person. Yeah. And so getting out of the mindset of yeah. this is what a learning module has to be. It yeah. always has to be this certain amount of time frame, And we have to cover these concepts was really yeah. difficult for me. Yeah, um, <laughs> It was difficult to think outside of the box. So, and, and my experience putting classes online before this were, yeah. was, you know, we go along with the textbook and maybe the textbook publishers have quizzes that we add, and maybe yeah. we ask some questions in a, in a discussion board. Um, yeah. And that's really limiting into the online experience. And I mean, there's courses that are like that and that's great. And maybe they serve their purpose, but for these classes and for my style of engagement, I didn't really feel like that traditional read the textbook. Here's a video, take yeah. a quiz, maybe do a discussion was as engaging or fulfilling as I wanted um, yeah, it to be. Yeah. So I think in the beginning, I, I still had that like rigid view of we're going to be yeah. creating quizzes. We're going to be following along yeah. these chapters in the textbooks. So just wondering, have have you changed your ideas around the you know you know whole your course development process? Yeah, I think like my mind has been blown of all the different yeah. uh, possibilities and the things that I thought we had to do or mm. that we always traditionally done don't yeah. have to be that way. Yeah. Um, so in the seminar class, we do have uh, yeah. those students do that paper, an evidence based practice paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Which is a research paper. And I've always just thought that papers had to be like a final project kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It, yeah, yeah, we're doing it at midterm. Yeah. Um, and incorporating those pieces earlier in the semester. So yeah. I mm. think yeah, it has changed quite a bit because I, I don't feel as confined to what I traditionally considered an online course would look like. Yeah, that's that's true. And also, like when I work with you, I always push you to, you know, align the learning objectives with activity and assessment and, you know, and the learning resource. So how do you feel about that? Well, honestly, I don't love yeah. module learning objectives. That's probably yeah. my favorite part. But I do think aligning, I, I know they serve a purpose, um, yeah. but I also think that the learning objectives and aligning them with the resource, the uh, assignments and activities keeps the class focused back on what's our purpose and what are we trying to accomplish yeah. where maybe in some of my other classes, maybe we, I might bring in a topic or a concept yeah. <laughs> that, 
that yeah. is relevant to the field or it's relevant mm. to things that we do as clinical psychologists, yeah. but for the course isn't as mm. relevant to those course objectives. So I think that it, it makes everything be very intentional and purposeful when we are talking about activities and assignments. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Sometimes like, uh, for example, uh, the learning objectives can kind of like a act as like a bridge to connecting your course outcomes and the program level outcomes. You right. can see how your how the program level outcome can be, you know, realized to be achieved in your courses actually. Yeah, that would yeah. be helpful, right? And how are we really breaking down those program learning outcomes yeah. Yeah. into achievable markers that we're we're fulfilling in classes? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm thinking maybe like a, sometimes it's like a bottom up. Maybe in your course you found some learning objective you need to like student to achieve. Maybe that can be added to the program level outcomes. Oh yeah, so, that's a great point. Kind of going back and reevaluating yeah. our program yeah. outcomes. Yeah, I also yeah. think that yeah. um, I hope that the students are reading those learning outcomes. Yeah. <laughs> and paying yes. attention to them, but it also mm. demonstrates like there's a purpose that we're doing these activities. It's yes. I'm not making mm. you write a paper because yeah. um, I love writing or yeah. that I love <laughs> reading papers or yeah. that I mean and, and want my students to, to do something yeah. difficult, that it really is a purpose to demonstrate their understanding um, yeah. and integration of concepts. And it's for a purpose that will fulfill the yeah. course and the program. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, students need to know what they will learn and what they can do after that course. Yeah. Yeah. So the next question will be like, what types of strategies have you used in your course to increase student engagement? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Thank you. The uh, one thing, one great thing about working with Tilt is you guys have all this knowledge about different technologies that exist and different yeah. platforms that we can use. And so before engagement in my classes was, was me sending out emails or engagement yeah. and discussion boards, which yeah. is really limiting. Um, so I'm really excited about the assignments that we have in practicum and seminar where yeah. it allows students to be more purposeful about engagement. So yeah. um, in all three classes, there are assignments that require some kind of level of peer review where students, um, we're utilizing feedback routes for that, um, where students upload either an assignment or a video yeah. and yeah. they are paired with other yeah. students to review their assignment or video and yeah. give feedback. And the feedback is really intentional and there's um, good guidelines for what feedback students are required to give. But I think that really helps to increase engagement um, and then also, I really like the Yellow Dig platform, yeah. Yeah. which is more, um, it simulates a discussion, but it's yeah. more, I think it's more like social media-esque yeah, right. yeah. discussion yeah. boards. And yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know, we're in the second week of the semester and I already kind of have been checking in on yeah. um, the sem seminar class and how they're yeah. utilizing uh, Yellow yeah. Dig. And they've been great about we have yeah. some prompts for them to consider and, and yes, yeah. on to, but it is a little bit more open. It allows for more kind of open conversation and it doesn't have to be as rigid as here's a discussion question, respond to it, 
respond yes. to this year. Yeah. Um, but there have been some really great discussions so far that have been occurring. Yeah. Um, and then also it's it's fun because mm, you can give yeah. emojis or yeah, yeah. Um, thumbs up a post. And yeah. um, I think sharing materials on Yellow Dig feels more natural too. So yeah, that's right. I, yeah. I like using that for the engagement piece too. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and also there are a lot of like a filter and uh, like a sort of tool students can use. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and a hashtag. I like the hashtag part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do too. I also like the tagging. I think maybe you could do that yeah. discussion board on Blackboard Ultra now too. But yeah, it no. is nice to be able to tag a, a yeah. student or for students to tag their their peers and say, "Hey, look, this is yeah. something you might want to be um, looking at." And yeah. yeah, that's that's right. Yeah. So how about on uh, some other like a special student engagement strategy? Because I believe like in your call, in one uh, in like two of your calls, you have the journals. So you let students read journals. Oh, that's right. I forgot about, yeah. <laughs> forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the practicum courses, the students um do complete yeah. a journal every module. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I like that piece because it's allows them to be more reflective on their experiences. Yeah, I'm the yeah. only one who reads those, but I can provide yeah. a little bit more um, individualized feedback mm, for them. Yes. Sometimes I think it feels a little bit more intimate as well because yeah. they're reading it yeah. for themselves um, and allowing me into that space. There's some questions I like them to respond to or um, yeah. instead of the textbook, there's uh, some concepts that I like them to think about. How did I do this in my practical yeah. experiences or um, yeah, one yeah. of the textbooks focuses on self-care. So they yeah, have to yeah. reflect on how do I engage in this in my own life? So I think it's, yeah, it's just another way to hear from students and their experiences and yeah. have kind of a one-on-one -on -one yeah. meeting with them without having yeah. to have like a Zoom every yeah, right. week or yeah. a phone call. Yeah, I think uh, uh, also kind of like uh, having students write a general feel like uh, you care about them, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. 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 sometimes they share things um, that are yeah. really class related and um, yeah, yeah, very course material esque. And sometimes they share things about yeah. I'm struggling with this in, in my practicum that's related to my personal life or yeah. Uh, so yeah, it really does allow mm, me yeah. to, to demonstrate the empathy and understanding for what they're going through. Yeah, I think so. So I also I'm wondering, like you know, your course is kind of like a practicum, uh, So I'm just wondering, like how you add those the uh, practice hours in your course, your online course. Yeah. So students have to in the practicum classes, they have to be on site at a practicum experience for three hours each yeah. semester, or sorry, three hours each week throughout the semester. Yeah. Um, yeah. and we work before the semester gets started to set them up with that practicum placement yes, and they report yeah. their hours um, on Blackboard and then also through um, another yeah. reporting mm -hmm. system yeah, that we yeah. use called Sonia. But um, yeah. on Blackboard, they tell me a little bit more about what they've been experiencing. Yes, so, yeah. you know, I was there on Tuesday from yeah. 10 to 1 and I observed yeah. some therapy sessions um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they share a little bit about what they've been doing at that on-site on Blackboard to report yeah. the hours, but they also talk a lot about that in the journals and discussions yeah, yeah. with their classmates mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. too. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. So then yeah. I have uh, the kind of like a last question about, uh, could you share some tips for other faculty who will develop a course with TILT? 
Yeah. I think, um, one of the biggest tips is to not let yourself get overwhelmed or if you are feeling overwhelmed to ask for help. I remember my first meeting when we were getting ready to develop practicum, I left thinking, wow, we have so much to do and I don't even start. And I am really a fish out of water because I I don't understand any of this. (laughs) Um, yeah. So making sure that you're not getting overwhelmed and you're asking for help. And then also taking every piece bit by bit. You don't have to sit down and write learning module learning objectives for all 10 modules at one point, or you don't have to, you know, do everything all in one sitting. So making sure that you're intentional about, I can work on this small piece and maybe it'll lead me down the road to working on other pieces, I think is really helpful. And yeah, I think I mentioned asking for help, but yeah. There were lots of times that I, you know, asked you to do, do things or, and, yeah. and did them well. And thank you for always helping me when I asked you, no um, problem. but yeah. being willing to say like, gosh, I really hate learning module objectives, Would you, <laughs> would you work on writing some for me? And then we can yeah. I at least have a place to start and we can yeah. work on refining them. So I yeah. think asking for help yeah, it's really important. <laughs> yeah, yes, no, no problem. Yeah, I think yeah, it's just a way kind of trying to work in a partnership to work uh, like make yeah. sure this course is a uh, uh, develop the course we develop is a high quality. Yeah, and effective for students. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's uh, I think that's important. And yeah. uh, so what else? Like uh, for example, like uh, what do you think of uh us like uh, frequently checking you is the health. Oh yeah. Uh, I think there were times that you and I met every week. I think that yeah, was yeah. really helpful. It also like yeah. pushed me to think, okay, I'm, I'm meeting, we have a yeah. meeting, so I better get those things done that I need to do to, to get done. So I think yeah. frequent check-ins really is useful and helpful too. Even yeah, 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 there yeah. were weeks that I, I said, I haven't worked on this at all. I'm, I'm really yeah, sorry. Yeah. Here's, I've yeah. thought about it maybe a little bit. Here's what, what I'm planning on doing next. Yeah, and I yeah. think it's helpful. I also think it's just really useful to, to keep an open mind. Mm, yes, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because, you know, like I said, we're not usually, we're not um, mm, learning yeah. and technology experts. So yeah. there were times where I shared ideas and you thought, well, yeah. maybe we could do it this way and, yes. and made mm. my ideas better. And then there were also times where you would suggest something that um, didn't yeah. feel natural to me or um, I yeah. I thought, well, yeah. I don't really want to mm. use that for this course, but maybe we can yeah. think of that for something else. So I think yes. being an open mind and being flexible of what kinds of new things can I um, yeah. do is really useful and, and good communication to being able to say, yeah. yeah, I love this idea. Or maybe this, this wouldn't work for me in this circumstance. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think yes. it's good. Yeah. Great. Great. Thank you very much. Do you have anything you can, you can share like any suggestions or tips or strategy you can share? Yeah. I think the last, like my last yeah. part would just be, um, for faculty to really embrace the experience and um, try to utilize it to its fullest. What yeah. I have learned now going through the process is yeah. there's th- things in my classes that I'm doing well, and there's lots of things that I'm not doing well. <laughs> so I think what I've learned is 
I can use these strategies in my other classes too, to yes. make them yeah. better. And I will be, but if I hadn't been open to hearing um, suggestions mm-hmm. and working with you, then yeah. I would have missed out on all that um, knowledge and experience. So I hope other faculty will go through the process and engage in the collaborative partnership um, that course development is. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's who. Yes, that's what we are like. We we are here to help and for kind of like continuously improve your online course. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. That's about yeah. Thank you. That's about our instruction design conversation. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you for listening to this episode of FHSU Tilt Talk. Subscribe on Spotify, Amazon, and Google Podcast. In the meantime, check out the Tiger Learn blog or the Tilt social media pages for updates. We'll see you next time.